0: eftm
1: tech cars lifestyle
2: this is the eftm podcast with Trevor Long.
1: eftm
2: told you i be back welcome back great you company eftm podcast and uh back from new york city thanks to samsung and uh we're just chilled now we're back here in the office just getting through the emails and there's a lot of them so bear with me We'll get to all your calls shortly. We're going to talk everything from air tags to Bluetooth and a whole range in between in robot vacuums. You name it, we've got you covered. Uh, if you've got a tech question, just go to the website, eftm.com. That's all you got to do. Just click Ask Trev up the top. That will send me an email. That will make me think, oh, that's an interesting question. And then come Tuesday when I'm recording the podcast, I will get on the blower to you. And if you answer your phone, you could be on the show answering. And I'll answer your question with, with the best uh, of my knowledge available. Um if you've got anything else going on in your life just buying advice or you've just you bought something awesome and you want to share that knowledge with the world uh same thing just go to the website eftm.com click on ask trev of course there's also the man cave on uh, on Facebook so if you want to join the eftm man cave uh just search in uh, in Facebook the eftm man cave and ask to join the group it's a private group you need to ask for permission to join and myself or one of the moderators will uh review your submission uh, and by the way, what we're really looking for is basically, are you a real human? Um, if you've been on Facebook for, uh, 10 minutes and that's it, then you won't get admitted. You'll also need to agree to the rules of the event, uh, the rules of the, uh, of the man cave, which are pretty simple and, and obvious. So don't overthink it folks, but that's the way we roll. Thank you to the boys for moderating that as always. And, uh, yeah, critically, if you've got a question, the most important thing you can do is get in touch, go to the website. EFTM.com. Um, we'll get cracking with your calls. I want to talk a little bit a little bit of travel woes, and we might even talk about Media Watch. I don't know, just for fun.
1: EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM.
2: Thank you for listening. Trevor Long taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, EFTM.com. Great to be back taking calls. G'day, Michael.
0: Hi, Trevor. How are you?
2: Good, mate. What can I do for you?
0: Um, I am, my wife has a, a Range Rover Evoque SUV, um, I will need to actually move that car to another state and I'm thinking of replacing it with an electric SUV or at least something high up. She likes to sit higher up than a regular sedan. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was a, that car was 11 years old. That was about an $80,000 car at the time. Yep. Probably looking to spend about the same, yeah. But I don't know what to get. I think I I can't help but feeling that it's slightly too early still. But I, I'm going to say to you that I it's funny.
2: You know, the, they talk about the Model Y being like an SUV. They even talk about the Hyundai Ionic Five or the Kia EV6. You know, they have a kind of a taller stance than a hatchback, for example. Mm. But mate, yes. I'll be honest. I don't see in any way how they compare to Range Rover Evoque, for example. That that's got a much higher stance, a much higher stance. So the only way you could really know is for the wife to pop into an uh, a Kia dealer, for example, and sit in an EV6. It definitely does sit higher mm. than your average. Um, But I, I just don't know that it gives you the same sensation, the same driving sensation height-wise as a, as a rangy. Um, but I, I would suggest to you the best option for you is definitely the Kia EV6. Okay, so
0: okay. even... I mean, I think similar price uh, to... I, I, was, I was reading your review you know, of the Polestar. I was reading, yeah, Polestar, not I an all-EV, EV, right?
2: That's, you know, that's sitting low. That's a, that's a sedan. EV6, to be honest, is very similar, but but it definitely sits a bit higher. But the Polestar is, without question, a, a sedan. But when you talk about being just a little bit early, I think you're right. We're going to have BYD. You're going to have a proper SUV. Um, you're going to have multiple Polestar bottles in the next year or so. There is... Much more expensive cars that you could look at, like the Audi e-tron, which is definitely an uh, you know an SUV style size and stature. But you're talking a hundred grand for that. Um, the problem yeah. is yeah. your budget is is a petrol car. There ain't no electric yeah. car that even comes close. You know you're always talking a differential of about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. And and remember, yeah. you're saving a lot of that. In, in the ownership of the car. You know, petrol costs every year, zero. Um, yeah. uh, electricity costs, maybe call it one-third of what you're paying now in petrol. So there's genuine savings there. So you might need to pay more to replace it.
0: Sure, and, and, and I'm happy to do that. I, I generally keep a car five years plus uh, yeah, on average. So I feel like even if it's started earlier now, five years' time I'm going to feel like I'm – Way too late,
2: almost. So, well, then this um, is the problem, right? You, if you don't get it now, you are gonna you're gonna be stuck in the in the in the real middle. What I would maybe recommend is looking at a plug-in hybrid, okay? So a FEV, PHEV, because what you get there is you get electric electrification around town, but you get the petrol range when you need it or want for it. And I would think that there's there's more options. In the in the FEV space, and they're not as overpriced as uh, a full electric car. I'm pretty sure there's a there's a Kia FEV coming out at some point soon. Um, there's certainly Toyota. There's Mitsubishi. None of those are going to feel quite like the Rangey, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, to be honest, the Range Rover was mine, and I handed it to her at some stage in the place of with Golf GTI. Yeah, uh, I moved, but that was uh, for, for different reasons. So, so I. Now, I'm not fixated. I don't super love the the, the evoke and it's become quite expensive to maintain. yeah, of course but with the hybrids the plug-in hybrids, are we not do we not then land up with the situation of having to maintain the petrol engine part of it at the same level of cost as just a regular.
2: yes, you're spot on the engine? the maintenance costs are going to be the same uh, as as any other petrol car, but you're getting the advantage of the lower running costs if the majority of your usage is, Around town,
0: yeah, which it is.
2: <laughs> uh, like you're literally, you're not going to put many K's on the petrol engine. Um, how that's, how that's dictated, I don't know. I'll tell you what I'd get you to look at is I'd go to Kia and look at the new Nero. So the Kia Nero is okay. a little bit, it does sit a little bit higher than your average car. It's pretty much the same as the yep. EV6, but it does come in, in multiple models. One of which is plug-in hybrid. The other one is uh, electric. And so it kind of, it's going to give you the option of going right price wise. I know what I'm paying for. I'm paying for a plug-in hybrid. I'm going to pay that extra bit for the full electric. It's it's not. It's a brand new. It's literally only been released in the last month, so you won't see many of them on the road. I think the Kia design is pretty funky and good. Um, I actually think that's a good one to look at. The Kia Nero.
0: Yeah,
2: okay. And what size car is that? Um, I, I, look, I, I look at it and I go, it's a big hatchback, right? Um, but okay. it's it sits taller on the road. It's wider and, and longer than a, than a hatchback, obviously. But, um, you know, it's it's not – it's probably – on the inside, it's probably the same as the Evoke, to be honest, if not, yeah. if not yeah, a touch bigger, maybe. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, let me do that
2: then. Have a look at the Kia Nero, and while you're there, if you can find a dealer that's got an EV6 to sit in, that'll help you understand, you know, truly what's out there. Um, sure. And, yeah, give some consideration to the plug-in hybrid if you can't stretch yourself to the full electric. Thank you. All right, mate, All right. good luck. Appreciate that. Happy shopping. Yeah, thanks for the chat. Good on thanks. you, mate. Anytime. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, good thanks. on you. Um, you know, it's a tough one because it's very hard to find like for like these days. Um, the world has changed – so much in terms of the way cars are defined um that i really struggle with what is a hatchback what is an suv what is small medium and large um so yeah um that's worth looking at all right get in touch if you've got a question eftm.com eftm podcast listening to trevor long taking your calls if you've got a tech question go to the website eftm.com g'day david Hey, how are you? Really good, mate. What can I do for you?
3: I've um, been having immense problems with the Samsung online store. Okay. Um, I have to say, uh, like, the experience I've had through the Samsung online store is some of the worst uh, experience I've had of any online retailer, and, and it, I've been really disappointed because I thought um, that Samsung, being a you know, reputable sort of company, yeah. that the experience would be would be good. Well, and, talk me um, through it. What I what did...
2: are, what are you buying? Phones? What are we buying? No, I, I
3: wanted to buy a TV for my father-in-law. Okay. Um, he he's in regional New South Wales, yep. and it's uh, I'm the sort of family tech person they come to, and I sort of advised him, hey, look, you know, Samsung good TVs. We can get it through the online store. It'll get delivered to your house. You know, it'll so, so, uh, save you a whole heap of um, of issues and heartache and having to go to stores, et cetera. So I did a bit of research and I, they had a end financial year sale on, on some of the new, uh, QLED QL ed TVs. Mm. And I played an order on the, the 17th of July Okay. and the website said, you know, please pick uh, your preferred delivery date yeah. Here's the options of the dates. Uh, I picked, I think it was the, the 25th of July. Mm-hmm. And the website said you'll be contacted and notified uh you know, to confirm uh when the tv is going to arrive yep since placing the order i have heard nothing wow. at <laughs> all and, yeah. yes the only um I, i've followed up a number of times and every time i call samsung well,
2: well, just how much uh, are we spending here mate uh,
3: so I think it was a two and a half thousand dollar TV. Okay. Uh, it was on sale for a little bit under 2000.
2: Okay. B- bit of cash. Yeah. Does that include delivery? How does that work with Samsung? I haven't, I've never bought like that.
3: Well, this is one reason I went with the online store because it was, uh, including delivery.
2: Oh wow. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. So you order on the 17th, you say 25th for delivery and it's now mid August and you've still heard nothing?
3: Yeah. Uh, only, I've followed up a number of times. I've escalated, asked to speak to managers uh, through the, the contact centre. Uh, every time I speak to them, they say, oh, I'll get an update. It's with our uh, logistics company. Uh, you know, someone will be in touch. But yeah. I never hear
2: anything. So let me ask you this. Have they debited your credit card? Yes. So they've got the, the coin TV. and you don't have the TV? Exactly. Ouch. Ouch. And, and what yes. is the customer service process? Is it a uh, form? Um, is it is there a call centre? What, what have you got?
1: I've tried all
3: three sort of channels. I've, I've done uh, the call. Um, I've gone to, I think it's a Philippines call centre. Uh, I've done the online chat. I've done uh, a contact form through their website.
2: And you have actually so, had conversations with people, but it's never gone anywhere exactly all right what tv did you get how big was it
3: uh i wanted i wanted my father-in-law to get a 65 inch but i couldn't i couldn't convince him of that he said the 55 was big enough um it was the uh q85
2: something it was definitely only a 55 inch size though Uh,
3: yes only 55 inch size
2: I was just wondering whether the, the size might have been an issue, you know, getting deliveries into regional areas, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of OH&S issues in Australia with deliveries that, that do cause dramas, but, you know, still getting no information is is undesirable, shall we say. So um, where are you based?
3: Exactly. I, I'm actually um, in uh, Bowen Heads in Victoria. Okay. Um, my father-in-law is up on, on the Marrow. And all the
2: delivery me. information is your father-in-law's place, right? Correct. All right. Well, look, I, um, I'm totally happy to represent on your behalf directly to Samsung through my contacts. I'm not saying it's going to be solved tomorrow, but, uh, I feel like at least we'll get some information. So I've got, I've got, a have got a timeline from you. What I don't have is, uh, you know, (coughs) excuse me, literally the order. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reply to your original email. If you can send me a copy of the, the order, um, I assume you got like an email or an, or an invoice or something, with which will have order number, yep. address, everything else, and then I can forward your details on and we'll see if we can get you some resolution. So at the very least, we can get you a date that your old man's going to get that TV. That
3: would be sensational.
2: All right, mate. Well, you stand by in the next five minutes for my email. and If you can get me that info as soon as you can, we'll uh, we'll get it cracking.
3: All right, really appreciate it, Trevor.
2: Thank you. No problems at all. Um, yeah, not a, not an easy one. Jeez, what a pain. Um, especially given you would you would assume that buying direct is actually going to help, okay? Because um, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying. I mean, they don't want to directly say they're trying to bypass um, the retailers, but it helps them if they do. Um, anyway, I'll get David's details. We'll try and help him out directly with Samsung.
1: EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM
2: Podcast. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long taking your calls. Martin's on the line. G'day, Marty. How you doing? Pretty good. Yourself? Really good. What can I do for you? What have you been up to?
1: Oh, not a lot. Just looking to see if I can, um, hook up my Bluetooth phone to my car that doesn't have
2: Bluetooth. So what are you, like, you, what, you're talking old school car, no, any sort of input?
1: Yeah, no, no inputs, no nothing. It's just got an old CD player, was it 2004 model? Um, yeah, it's, got a, it's even got a tape deck in it still.
2: A tape deck? Wow, what sort of car yes. is it? Subaru. Subie. So well, Subaru. are you hoping for something that goes through the stereo system or are you just hoping for a great little speaker that you can put in the car?
1: Uh, probably through the stereo and like, if I can, uh, be able to have hands free as well.
2: Okay. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one because I was thinking of those kind of head mounted ones, you know, the ones that go on your, your visor, um, on the sun oh, yeah. visor. Yeah. Well, I've got,
1: yeah, I've got, I've got one of those, but I want to be able to, um, like string music or whatever
2: as okay. well. And what have you seen? What I've have you a, found? Could- what, what What do you think you're going to end up with?
1: Um, Well, I've been doing a little bit of research and um, you can get, what is that,
2: FM transmitter one? Yes. I feel uh, so old school. I feel so old school there because, you know, you're essentially transmitting on like 91.0 and and you set your radio up to receive on that and (laughs) off you go. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But um, I'm wondering if there's any other option because I don't really want to change the stereo just to be able to put my –
2: Honestly, put, there's there's put only I th- and this may be there may be other solutions people can tell me about, but there's three solutions in my mind. One is the um, the visor style mounted one. The second is yep. your, your FM transmitter. So I think Belkin yep. still make those. Um, but basically, okay, yeah. basically that plugs into your, your cigarette lighter. It gets power. You set a frequency, yep. and then you tune your radio to that frequency. And it's got an input from your phone. Um, or it might have, it might have Bluetooth, but it might also just have like a three and a half mil. And the other one is if your car has, and a lot of people don't realize their car has auxiliary, but it might have auxiliary in. So a little three and a half mil, um, uh, no,
1: I've, 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 I've looked everywhere and yeah, there's right. nothing. Then, Unless I take the dash apart and there's something behind it, but I don't really
2: want to be doing no, that. No, don't be doing that. David. It'd be obvious. <laughs> if it was no. there, it'd be, it'd be somewhere if not in the manual, but mate, I think the FM yeah. is probably the best way to go. It's not the... Not Look, it's not the most amazing thing because you do get levels of interference. You need to find, you know, FM band is busy. Like it's hard to find a frequency. Um, but
1: yeah, especially if you're going to be, be traveling and going like long distance because right. then you start going country and they have different frequencies all over the place. So look for those super low try.
2: bands, um, 89.1, yep. those kind of down that area, that should be the best place to be because you normally just really got the tourist frequency there. Um, but that's yep. going to be the best solution apart from saving up for a new car, mate.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's de- that's down the track. <laughs>
2: yeah. Very good. All oh, right. Well, hopefully, all you get, right. hopefully that gives you some solution, my friend.
1: No dramas. Thanks a lot for that.
2: All right, mate. Good on you, and thanks for getting in touch. Okay, no worries. Have a great day. Cheers, mate. You too. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since I've spoken to someone about that kind of thing. Like, that hasn't been a problem for such a long time. Um, but... Maybe it is still a thing for a lot of people because, you know, still people don't know. Not everyone has a brand new car. I mean, my little Mazda 2, if I didn't, hadn't upgraded that with CarPlay and a touchscreen system, it, had, it it doesn't have Bluetooth. So, auxiliary in was the only way to get music going and, you know, a head mounted. I always went for the visor mounted Bluetooth. I thought it was a good way to go. Or frankly, one in your ear, whatever you like. EFTM.com. Send me an email if you want to get in touch. Click ask, Trev. EFTM.
1: This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM
2: Podcast. So my return to Australia was delayed, um, which obviously doesn't please anyone in my family because I was meant to be home on Saturday morning. Um, There was much to do on Saturday. Kids sport, different orientations, different things going on, and I was unable to be home for those. Uh, Sunday, again, family day, lots on, and I couldn't come over that. Because <clears throat> what happens is, uh, you know, it it's, I think it's the first time I've ever had a missed flight. But uh, New York's obviously just a bit more challenging than just going to LA because you've got to fly from New York to LA and then LA to Sydney and vice versa. Uh, and uh, I had Stig booked on a flight from um, New York to San Francisco. And then Samsung had booked me on a flight from New York to LA. And then obviously the connecting flight from San Francisco to Sydney and LA to Sydney. My flight, <coughs> um, no, Stig's flight was boarding before mine. So he he left for San Francisco and I sat around the lounge a bit, did some work. And then I went to the gate. I always get to the gate like literally at boarding time, if not a bit earlier, because I like to be first in line, let alone I like to be there early. Now get there and it's delayed, 30 minutes boarding. I'm not going to walk all the way back to the lounge just f- to sit I mean, I've been sitting down for three hours, so I may as well just stand and watch. There's no plane at the gate. And that that to me straight up is a, is a bit of a red flag, I'll be honest. <clears throat> so that makes me nervous. Pilots, everyone's there. 30 minutes passes and it's clearly going to take longer. And I overhear the pilot talking to a passenger and or his fellow crew members about the fact that the plane is here. And I've got all the apps in the world, by the way, and, and Stig's just a genius when it comes to these things, but... The app, Flightly, I love. It's very detailed, has all the information about where your plane is and, and what's going on, all that kind of stuff. Very cool. But <clears throat> what it also does is <clears throat> tells you previous flights from planes. So I knew my plane was in Los Angeles. It had been there for some time. There's no issue – sorry, in New York. We, we were at New York at this point. Um, it, the, the plane was definitely in New York. So it was, it was in the airport. And apparently it turned out that the tug, which is the the vehicle that pulls the plane um, from where it's parked to the gate and and from the gate out and onto the runway and things like that, um, had broken down. Okay, that's no good. So I'm standing there watching and then I'm just – at this point I am become zen and I'm like, there's nothing I can do here. It's cool. No dramas. We've got a two-hour layover in, in LA. Uh, even if this plane's delayed two hours, they can make up time in the air. We'll be cool. And people are getting angry. There was one bloke who walked up to a to a barrier and then yelled at the bloke at the at the gate. He goes, well, "Why are we not boarding yet?" And the bloke just casually turned, pointed to the window, and went, "There's no plane here." <laughs> it was just the best deadpan reaction I'd ever seen. And then word got around about this tug problem. Right, there was no tug. I actually don't have the timing on me, but I feel like an hour and a half or an hour later, a plane pulls in. And what really annoyed me most was there was two 787s kind of drive past at the same time. That means there's two tugs, which means you could have brought this thing over earlier, just use the one tug multiple times. Anyway, it pulls into the gate. And as at the point where the tug driver kind of, you know, hits puts it in park, it, it catches fire. Okay? Not, you know, bursts of fire but enough for smoke uh, sorry flame uh, th- uh what are they called uh, fire extinguishers to be used and lots of lots of that white powder from fire extinguishers everywhere and when you look out the window it looks like the plane had been on fire but it was the tug that's not good it was at this point i went we're not getting to la on this plane because my thought is if you have a fire underneath the nose of a plane you've probably got to inspect that pretty heavily um a crew comes to try and fix the tug the tug gets moved out of the way, and at that point, we're like, still doesn't look good. So Samsung's travel agency was on the blower, and there was another plane that was meant to have left at 3:50 that had not left, so it had been delayed three and a half hours. And they got us seats on that, um, a lower cabin class. Who cares? We just want to get to LA, so we all get on board this plane. We run. It it actually boards later than we even thought, so we're we're leaving pretty tight. But we're due to land, so our, our LA to Sydney flight leaves at 10.55pm. Uh, as we board this plane, we're thinking our plane's going to land at 1045 I'm saying to everyone, just relax. They can hold that plane for 20 minutes, half an hour, and our gates are next to each other. It won't be hard to board. This plane takes a while to leave New York, and frankly, it takes too long. And our arrival time is now 1105 I'm still pretty confident because in the end, (coughs) it's Sydney to LA. You can make up time in the air, hold the plane. There's seven of us and we find out there's another seven Aussies connecting. There's 14 people, including seven business class, who should be getting on this Sydney flight. And we're about an hour out from landing and a um, a United Airline rep comes up and goes, they're not holding the plane. You're going to miss your flight. And you know what? I've got flight radar running while we're while we're in air because I've got Wi-Fi. And as we touch down, I swear to God, the minute we pff, touch down on the air runway, our uh, Sydney plane backs away from the gate. In fact, as we turn off the runway through the taxiway and are approaching the gate, our Sydney plane is two planes in front of us on the taxiway. It's that close. So annoying. So annoying. So we go to the the United staff, and they're like, "Tomorrow's flight's full. <laughs> Two of you are on it." Oh, okay, cool. Not me. Um, we go to a hotel. Cool. I just go to a hotel. So we go to a, a you know an airport hotel. It's nice. It's the Sheraton Gateway. It's it's okay. So it's not you know the Bahamas, but it's a nice room. Um, they've got breakfast amenities and things, and for me, a view of the airport, which is awesome. But a few other people on the trip are like, this is a terrible hotel. We need to stay downtown LA if we're going to be here for two nights. So the next day we have to change bloody hotels and go to a fancy joint up in Hollywood. And uh, I'm stuck here for two days. So two days in LA, I finally get um, on a plane and I'm relaxed and we're good. And I get home. We're home. Like, it's nothing you can do about it, basically. It's one of those, you know what, there's nothing anyone could do about this. Let's just move on, whatevs kind of things, you know? Um, there was very little anyone could do. I, I hired a car while I was in LA because I wanted to go down to um, the chicken shop in Newport, which is one of Stig's mates. I had a great lunch there. And then I just wanted to be out of the hotel, so I just drove around. I went on the second day. Oh, my God. Now, I saw this once uh, as a a scouting it out for a possible, you know, on the way to CES thing. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Now, it's, I don't know if they call it the valley, but it's, you know, it's over the hills of LA. And it's this, you know, large building that's been constructed full of exhibits. You know, Um, Reagan's different achievements, Cold War negotiations, all these things, and there's memorable, there's so many things. It's beautiful. It's really well executed. But I'm trying to really quickly run through this bloody museum because out the back is a hangar with Air Force One in it. Ronald Reagan's Air Force One. Now, it's not the big Boeing 747, it's the one before that. But my God, this thing is in immaculate condition. And it's it's there on the side of a cliff. And there's, uh, you know, pictures and video of how they got it there, you know, it was disassembled, trucked up there, and they just basically built this hangar around it. There's even a Marine One uh, helicopter there, which wasn't a Reagan's Marine One because it was still in service um, for many years. It was actually the one that I think was Johnson was was first flown, flew in after he was sworn in. But I've. I've been to a lot of weird kind of exhibits and stuff. I think the um, flight museum in Washington that Stig and I went to was probably the most impressive place I've seen. The uh, space shuttle in Los Angeles with my kids was unbelievable. But weirdly, this thing sitting on the side of a mountain was just so impressive. It was so impressive, and I was walking up, and there's you know there's vo- there's volunteers there who are clearly um, uh, you know retired that just love their president or their politics or their aviation, whatever, and they're volunteering at this uh, exhibit. And I I walk kind of past one of them and they go, oh, welcome. And I, and they handed me a leaflet and I just went, wow. And he goes, what, "What? what's wrong? I went, this is just the most impressive thing I've ever seen. And I said, I didn't even know I could get on it. And now I get to get on it. So I get to walk through Air Force One. Oh, man, so good. So if you're ever in LA, if you're ever in LA and you get – you have any interest in aviation or politics or anything the ronald reagan presidential library is a great museum of reagan's presidency has a um true to scale Oval office replica um, from reagan's time and it has air force one just sitting on a hill man so good Trevor Long taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website eftm.com. Kim did that. G'day, Kim. How are you, Trev? Really good. What can I do for you?
1: Air tags, Apple Air tags. I'm just inquiring about them. Um, I've seen a lot of accessories that come with them. And what I need to know is whether or not they'll work inside a suitcase or do they have to be mounted Outside the suitcase,
2: I can speak with great authority on this because I have uh, multiple Apple AirTags around my little ecosystem. I um, I had one in my my little passport folder. I have one on the outside of my one of my suitcases, so it's in a, uh, it's like in a not a keyring, but it's it looks like that. It's kind of attached to the handle. And then the other one, you know, in most suitcases these days, there's a there's a fabric lining which has a zipper. And you unzip the zipper, you can see the inner workings of the suitcase, you know, the the arm that goes up and down. Yep. yep. I got a bit of gaffer tape and I just stuck one in there. And it's oh. completely fine. Like a hundred percent fine. Because I, I don't really need it hang dangling off the thing, off the suitcase. It's in like you could put it in your luggage. You could just throw it in with your, with your uh, you know, T-shirts and shorts or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. It's in there yeah. as long as it's within the range. Now, if you've got one of those, you know, hard metal suitcases, then, okay, different story. I'm not 100% sure how good it's going to be, but it'll still certainly yeah. work. But in, in 99% of suitcases I, I see coming off the, uh, off the luggage belt, it'll work just inside. Yep, that's great. No problems. You're traveling soon? Uh, yeah, traveling come Christmas. Beautiful. Where are you off to? Uh,
1: we've got four week, uh, driving holiday around New Zealand. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then we come back and we shoot over to Perth for a couple of weeks. So
2: Very nice. Well, yeah, so I can I highly look, recommend list. the AirTags for the different things that you'll take with you. It's an investment, yep. but I believe, you know, it's, one, it's like insurance, you know, like uh, you don't know that it's going to be required, but. When it is, it'll make a difference. As as uh, that Graham Tate, who's a long time listener, and lost his ten thousand dollars worth of camera gear and got them all yes. back because of the air tags. So Kim, I yes. think a great investment. No worries. Thanks very much. Good Dave. stuff. Thanks for getting in touch. All right, mate. Have a good one. Have a great holiday when it comes up. Cheers. Um, you know, like I've talked about it a lot, and I'm I'm going to keep banging on about it because it's pretty good. But I swear by them. <laughs> so, yeah. Get in touch if you've got a question. EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. Thank you for listening. If you've got a tech question, you know where to go. EFTM.com. Uh, just click on Ask Trev. G'day, Russell. Hey, Trev. How are you? You're really good, mate. What can I do you for?
4: Well, looking at upgrading my uh, robot vacuum cleaner. So currently i got an Ecovacs. E-
2: e- what do you got? Uh, well, how long have you had that? Was,
4: uh, it'd be about three years, three or four okay. years. So I'm happy? Uh, extremely happy with it. Uh, it's all a bit of getting used to and learning how to set the house out. True, but once true. we did that, then we're yeah. fine.
2: Yep. It's a critical thing. A lot That's, of people, you know, you can't really make a judgment after one week. I really do think these things take some time to really understand the intricacies, what it's powerful at and what it's not good at, you know, because there's a bit of that yeah. as well. <laughs> so what are you looking at I, changing? I, I what, you know, what, what is it not doing that you want it to do?
4: Look, look, I, I, I've i got what's in the mindset that it, it won't replace doing it with a proper stick vac or a vacuum cleaner. But I've got three young kids, so basically it's just a general clean throughout the house. These be good to um, avoid obstacles. Now yeah. I read up about about the Ecovax one, but that's mostly not in my price range at the top of the line though. I think it's the T nine is it,
2: I believe. Oh, I dunno. What's your price range, mate? About a thousand bucks. Mate, you can get the T nine plus at JB's for 1099 right now. Oh,
4: okay. And, and, you know, so
2: the T9, and that comes with the auto-empty station, which you wouldn't have now.
4: No, no. Which is where it
2: sucks all the debris out of the the thing when it's done with its clean. Now, you're not going to get to your your X1, which is amazing, a phenomenal device, cleans itself, does so many things. But basically what you're doing by going from what you've got now to that, to the T9 Plus, for example, if you were to go there, Um, is the Mm. auto-empty station, great, Um, but critically also you get this what they call AIVI, which is artificial intelligence, visual, something. Anyway, basically means that it does a pretty good job at seeing stuff on the floor that it should avoid. Now, I'll be clear, it's not perfect, don't get me wrong, Um, but, you know, if there's a sock or a cable, it will actually go, yeah, no, I'm not going to go there, and it'll tell you that once it's finished, it's clean, so you can go back and move those things and do that kind of stuff, but... You know, essentially, it's gonna—it's actually going to be a better clean, a better mop, um, a better vacuum, and it'll have those extra extra levels of smarts.
4: Yeah, no, I, I like the dustbin because I'm, I'm seriously bad at emptying that every every day. And it is so. a frost because <laughs> when
2: you when you remember it, you go, oh crap! I have got to – and then you realize it's full a block, yeah. and it's probably been dropping stuff everywhere for the last two days. Exactly. Um, exactly.
4: I, I've got a question, though. With I have had the Dream. I've never heard of them before. Yep. Um. Are they any good, like that whole series?
2: I'm just going to say straight up, I can't say yes or no. I've seen the ads. They seem to be spending a lot yep. of money on Facebook, okay? I think anyone that's said the word vacuum or Googled for a vacuum has certainly got an ad for, for Dream. Um, okay. My yep. I guess my issue uh, is that if you good. rang me and said, "Mate, I bought the Dream and it's doing this or it's not doing that, I'd be like – Mate, I can't help you because I don't know if they exist in Australia. I don't know if they're a shell company. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Whereas if you said to me, yep. "Mate, this EcoVax, it's doing this and this is not working," I'd be like, "Well, mate, that's all right. It should do this. Uh, I'll put you in touch with yep. the EcoVax, and they'll call you." <laughs> you know, so yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's for people it's that just wonder why to who, well, to who you know. <laughs> exactly. You know, like so for me, it's about if they're not in a major retailer, then they're either very very small. Or they're not actually based in Australia, and they're just—it's just a shell website. If they're in JB yep. Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, those kind of places, then they've been through so much due diligence that you gotta—you gotta have some respect for them, and there's a bit more clarity around it. Now, I'm not saying they the Dream $1,000 vacuum might be five times better in terms of its specifications than an Ecovacs, but I—I I just don't know for a fact how it's going to be supported and and how how it'll go longevity-wise. So. Ecovacs now have been around for a very long time in Australia, so I've got a bit more confidence with that.
4: Yeah, yeah, no problems at all.
2: All right, boss, enjoy. Happy vacuuming. And what I will say is even with the auto-empty station, make sure every few days you go and check that dust bin because a long hair, <laughs> a kid something, you know, they get stuck in there anyway. So yeah, don't yeah. don't assume that it's still doing everything, Right? <laughs>
4: yes, yeah, no problems at all, Trevor. All right,
2: Russell, good on you, mate.
4: <laughs> okay, thanks for chat.
2: Good on you, mate. Thank you. Um, yeah, if um, – there's some great products out there and there's some brands I've never heard of and never used and I'm cool you buy them go for it you're doing a great thing and they're probably getting a great product I just you know sometimes I have to stand by the products that I recommend and I need to be able to say to Russell when he rings me that there's been a problem I I can say man I'm going to get Karen the boss of Ecovacs to look into that and that I can do that's why I have that preference So, when we got on that plane that I was talking about earlier in New York, I reckon we were still on the tarmac when the two representatives from Samsung who were sitting behind me said, Trev, can, can we just get your advice? I went, oh, what's wrong? So we have got an email from MediaWatch and I went, oh, here we go. Um, and they hadn't dealt with this before. And so, the questions from MediaWatch are, you know, who'd you, who'd you pay and... Who's there with you and all this sort of stuff? And I said, Listen, it's a—it's uh, not about you. It's about us, the journals, and disclosure. And so we back and forth, and I go, I found out what was going on, and they very quickly, and I've got to be honest, to their credit, it was amazing to watch them work. Um, within 20 minutes, they had a, a statement for MediaWatch, which said that they'd paid for flights and accommodation for 10 journalists and four content creators. Um, influencers were paid a fee, et cetera, et cetera. And then. <clears throat> I think we were probably in flight, and I had Wi-Fi, and I got an um, an email from the Ask Trev page, so the same place that you guys go to send me an email. Um, from uh, Orion, now it says, "Hi Trevor, I'm a I'm a researcher for ABC's Media Watch program. We're working on a story about Australian media coverage of the Samsung Unpacked event. As you were prominently featured on Today, Nine News, and Sky News, we hope you would consider. you hope you could answer the below questions." Uh, before we put Monday's show together, um, and it, by the way, at the end it says responses by five PM today would be appreciated. Uh, the email was sent at uh, one o'clock, twelve forty-five in the afternoon. It was sent while I was in New York. Um, I mean, how that was ever going to happen, I don't know. Anyway, the questions were: Samsung said they paid for flights. Uh, Samsung said, da, 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 da. Uh, "Did Samsung pay for business class flights combination for you?" and did the company pay you a fee, or did the company pay you a fee to attend? Uh, two, if Samsung did pay you to be there or a fee, did you disclose this to viewers? If not, why not? Now, <clears throat> I'll be honest, um, I've had this stitch up before, I know exactly their game, um, and I know exactly what they want, but it's just not as easy as they would like it to be, and Honestly, my mental health over the weekend, just thinking about what they were going to say and how they're going to play it up, was pretty pretty severely affected. And I, I went through iterations of telling them just to go and jump. Um, to, I had I, I worded very strong emails, and I never sent any of them. And then uh, finally on Monday, as I flew home, I wrote a long post which I thought I'd publish on Facebook or, Insta- or LinkedIn or something, um, just to kind of set the record straight. In the end, I went, you know what? Don't do any of that because there ain't no one watching, okay? Just relax. There's no one watching. And, yeah, there's a couple of people watching. But I think you know exactly how I operate. And, like, my my answer to them broadly is in answer to your first question, yes, Samsung, Apple, and others pay for my flights and accommodation when I go to their events. How the hell else would I get there? <laughs> I'm a self-employed commentator. I don't have a billion dollars of taxpayers' money to slosh around. Uh, Yes, I disclose this clearly whenever and wherever possible. It's on every written article on EFTM.com, on 9news.com.au. I mentioned it in the podcast with Stephen Fenwick. I've mentioned it in some of my recorded videos. Um, And frankly, as I said in my note that I never published, I would be the only independent media operator who publishes a full list of every trip I've taken and who paid for it on the website. And I said, no, it doesn't always get mentioned on live TV crosses because, you know what, it's hard trying to rattle off the facts, the stats, the information that I've had just hours to digest. You know what, sometimes shit happens. And no, most importantly, I don't receive any money or compensation from Samsung or any other host for my time or effort during these trips. Maybe, I think, they should check with the influencers who maybe got business class flights accommodation and got cash in hand anyway. And I, here's my clear point to you, and I think I'm talking to the converted here because if you don't know this now, I don't know what you've been, who you've been listening to, but no company who flies me, cargo, economy, or business class, gets any say or, uh, or control over what I say. I make no guarantees to anyone about the coverage they'll receive. If your product is rubbish, it won't get any coverage. Also, I flew all the way to Barcelona this year, um, and OPPO funded that trip, and we did no media because the Ukraine war broke out, and we did nothing. It just happens. I appear on about 52 radio stations a week and I do it for love, not money. And you know what? I appear on the ABC regularly. They ring me and they say, can we talk about this? And they talk for 20 minutes on air. They don't pay me a cent. So can we get our ducks in a row here, folks? But anyway, bottom line, I think you know full well that, I mean, CES and sometimes EFA and Mobile World Congress, I try and fund those through the business of EFTM. Doesn't always happen because it's bloody hard and expensive. Um, But if I'm going to an Apple launch or a Samsung launch, yeah, I think they're paying for it. But they don't get to choose what I say. No one does, only me. So, to the 10 people, I think it is that are earning a million dollars worth of salaries, probably more, let's be honest including a bloke who fronts it up and has paid $200,000 to present a 15-minute program once a week. Um, I mean, you're not the arbitrator. I don't answer to you. We always try and disclose these things. And yeah, we'll try harder because of this. But it's just sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes it doesn't. I'll only try harder next time, you know. But if any of my actual audience my real listeners, readers, viewers had any concerns about how I operate morally or ethically. Firstly, I'd ask you to read the disclosures on EFTM. And secondly, I'd ask you to send me an email. But otherwise, let's all just move on. (laughs) Trevor Long taking your calls. Michael's on the line. G'day, Michael. G'day, how are you? Really good, mate. What can I do for you?
1: Uh, just basically, I like the style of the Samsung watch, Yep. Uh, digital watch. I just want to know if you can pair it with your iPhone 13.
2: Absolutely. Um, now, to be clear, there is some limitation. I think uh, going back a few watches, it, it won't work. But if you're looking at a, a current one, like a Samsung Galaxy Watch 3, 4, or 5, um, the new one, definitely. Yep. Um, it's basically just there's some there's a few small limitations. So for example, don't buy the uh, the 4G version because you definitely can't pair the eSIM. So you can't use it with the eSIM. All right. Um, yep, yep. You won't be able to use Samsung Pay. So you won't carry through your you know your credit card payments and stuff like that. Um, and sure. some simple things like anything that needs connectivity, maybe like Google Translate and stuff like that. But in terms of who's calling. Uh, notifications you get most of the fitness stuff. I did. I do remember someone saying that the high end things like ECG and heart rate and stuff didn't work. But I, I can't imagine that's true. I think it's probably more that it doesn't record them in the Samsung Health app. So so maybe don't look at them as being you know for high end health, but just more for basic health and fitness tracking. Um, sure. But, but everything else, you know, you can install Samsung Galaxy Wear their app on the iPhone and it just pairs up as a bluetooth watch it's man it's beautiful easy works 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 ah, like I a didn't child. know you could pair the app I didn't know you could pair the app actually yeah. that's the key point that's the critical thing you, you can download the app right now to your phone yep. um the yep. the I think it's called Galaxy Wear I think is what they call it now um, and sure. hey presto you're, um, you're you're running as i said there's just some limitations but as long as you go in knowing what the limitations are, for, just for simple things like knowing that you're getting a beautiful round watch face, but I'm still seeing who's yeah. calling, who's, um, how many steps I'm doing, notifications, um, heart rate, uh, I think all of that stuff is is going to be fine there. I think that you can probably even stream Spotify because it uses Wi-Fi, not not um, 4G. Uh, awesome. All right. I'll
1: go ahead with that then. Mate, I think I might make a purchase,
2: mate. It's a good, it's a good looking watch. Are you thinking about the new one, the five, or a, or a current one, the four? Uh well,
1: whatever you think. <laughs> I'll get I'll get the current one though for sure. I have to get the current
2: mate, the one. The new one that's that's coming out in early September, the the watch five, would be my recommendation because you're probably going to get the most features out of it. And I do think sure. that I'm I'm wearing the watch five Pro at the moment. God, it's a beautiful watch. It really is, mate. They've done a great job. Um, <sighs> So what have you got it paired up to, though? I've got, a, I've got it currently paired up to a Flip, but I will switch it to the iPhone probably in a week or two. Um, ah, awesome. Because, mate, here's what I use a smartwatch for, the time and who's calling. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, you know, you know, my yes. favorite thing about a Samsung Galaxy Watch is I can customize the watch face. Apple has yes, so few like. watch faces that, that it's phenomenally boring. So, yeah, I, who's calling, notifications from different apps – health features, all that kind of stuff. It's all there. It works great. Um, awesome. I'm going to go ahead with that. I think I will wait till September, like you said. Yeah, you can pre-order it now, mate, so get on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. All right, champ. Good luck. Thanks for getting in touch. Have a good day. You too, buddy. You too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like people don't realize that – I'm sure there's some limited features, and let me know if you've experienced it and had a, a, a bad experience, but I think for the most part people are looking at these – watch because it looks different not because of a particular feature um i've just done a stress test on my watch and uh i'm down in the green so it obviously doesn't do me very well because i could not be more stressed today but anyway thanks very much samsung for not realizing (laughs) uh good on good on you michael and uh yeah any question you've got i'm here to help Thank you for listening. Lovely to have your company once again. Let's do this all again very soon uh, and see how we roll here on the EFTM podcast. Great to have your company. You can get in touch, as always, anytime. time. And uh, look forward to your company next time on the EFTM podcast.
1: EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM.